Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nunas Nunchi podcast, where I do deep dives and reactions to some of your favorite K dramas with special guests. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Carol Markway. I am in Vancouver, and I go by Hershey. Uh, in my real life, I am a training manager at a security company here in Vancouver. Oh, hi. My name is Doris. Um, I'm a chemical manufacturer out in Boston, and my pronouns are she, her, and I'm Deva is also fine. Hi, everyone. My name is Kalechi, but I also go by K. And in my real life, I work for an environmental nonprofit, but I'm also a spoken word artist, um, poet, aspiring novelist, and I go by the pronouns she, her. Hey, I'm Gagel. I mean, I guess. I'm a recent college grad, pre-med. That's definitely what I'm focusing my time on right now, studying for the MCAT. But um, yeah, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. So who wants to go first? But basically, how did you first get into K-dramas? I think this can be the same question to everybody. How and when and what got you hooked? So it's a loaded question, but I want to know your journeys through the world of Korean dramas. Let's start with Gael. Okay, so I got into K-dramas through K-pop, actually. And I've said this story many times, so y'all heard it. But I, I was like a big, big bang fan back in the day. Um, like, and T.O.P. was like my bias. And he's like an actor. So I was like, oh, he's an actor. He's in these dramas. Let me look it up. So I like searched up the drama. And the drama was I Am Sam. It's very old. It's honestly not memorable. But it was like the perfect drama to get into, right? Because there was T.O.P. was in it. Lee Min Ho was also in it. So was Park Min Young. And I was like, oh, who are these people? So after I watched I Am Sam, I, I watched Iris as my second drama. And that was the one that hooked me in. Like, I was like, it was like a big production, right? It had Kim Tae-hee, Lee Byung-hyun. And I was like, okay, what's going on is action. People are dying. And ever since then, you know, after, you know, you always do the like classic, just like start looking up the actors and watching everything they've done. So then I started watching Boys of Flowers, everything that Lee Min-ho did. And I guess that's just been the journey since then. Like I even like got a Vicky subscription, like, yeah. But when I was in undergrad, I kind of had to tone down K-dramas. Like I had to like, I didn't stop watching it. But I definitely only had like one or two instead of just like five or six because you know, I had to focus on school. But yeah, especially now with the pandemic, right? There's like, I'm not really going outside anymore like that. So I've just been, you know, getting back on like the K-drama train. So yeah, that's my story. Cool. I love it. Oh my gosh. And then, I, okay, Carol, <laughs> you're up next. Now, how'd you get into K-dramas? When? And just tell us a little bit about your journey in that world, in this world. Okay. I grew up in Ghana, and when I was a kid, we first, well, they do show a lot of uh, K-dramas, they show a lot of Japanese and Chinese dramas on national TV, and they would dub them in our local languages. And so when I was a kid, I remember my first, first drama being a Japanese one called Oshin, like way back when. And then uh, Journey to the West was the Chinese one. And then Dejan Gum was the Korean. And that, that began the journey. And these K-dramas, telenovelas, soap operas, they're so popular in Ghana. 
where it becomes a fireside chat. So for me, it continued all the way till about when I got into high school, I went to a boarding school in the beginning and I did one semester in the boarding school and then decided to uh, move out, go back home rather, move out of the boarding room and go back home. And I just picked up my K-drama watching then where we were using back in the day, the dial-up internet um, method where it goes that thing. And I'd load all my episodes and watch them, binge them, watch the whole thing, go to school and start selling subtitles and spoilers to people because they wanted, they wanted to know what was happening and they couldn't wait a week. So I was their source of information. And then uh, 2007, I moved to Canada with my family. My mom was doing her PhD in Vancouver. So we moved here and when we moved, I came at an awkward time. So I couldn't go into college right away. And then uh, due to culture shock and learning and all of that, K-drama became therapy for me. And so 2007 was my uh, learning more about myself, trying to figure out where I fit in in Vancouver. Yeah. Thank you. Of course, you're using a keyword therapy, which we'll go back to <laughs> for K-dramas. Doris, you're up next. Tell us about your journey. So my journey is actually the same as Carol. I'm Ghanaian as well. I grew up in Ghana. And as she said, pretty much everything she said could literally just the same thing. We grew up watching, I remember Oshin on TV. And one of my, the first K-drama that I actually remember, and I know I'd seen older ones, was Winter Sonata. That was the one I watched. Mm -hmm. And that's an elite, elite, you know. And then I, as an adult, like as I was in college and high school, like I had time on my hand, dial-up internet, I downloaded, and I would like watch, binge watch it. And not sell them to my friends though, but like I would pass them around. Carol, I do stand, I should done that <laughs> I would have made a pretty penny but like I would give them to my friends to watch as well and I was I became the go-to in my class for like oh she has all the k-dramas you want to watch together and it, it it is funny that she mentioned that um oh shit and journey to the west because even now I know now they do show a lot of Korean drama Chinese dramas telenovelas and it's translated into the local dialects as well but when the fun thing that they do, which I actually think is hilarious, is they have like discussion panels on them. Like they invite, you know, counselors, sometimes pastors, sometimes, you know, people with, um, in which society views as having, you know, great value or they have high moral standards or whatever. And they invite them and they discuss the episodes with these people. And sometimes they have viewers called in. And like they do it in the various languages. So like maybe the show it on Sunday, Monday will be for the Chi and then Sunday will be for God. So various languages so they could all have their discussion panels and the whole show is dubbed in whichever local language that they wanna show on the TV. So that's my favorite thing, the discussion panels. I'm like, oh man, that'd be nice to discuss it, you know, talk about each episode, but yeah. That was, that's awesome. Well, I love that, wow. Okay, Kalichi. Um, it all started a dark and stormy day. 
with Taeyong. Um, it's so dramatic, actually. <laughs> it was when I, so I'm also West African. I'm Nigerian and I grew up in Ivory Coast. So I also immigrated to the US and my whole life, like being multicultural, like I grew up watching anime. I grew up watching things in French and Japanese, like French is my first language, watching shows in Japanese and in Spanish um, and Ivory Coast, and then moving to the US, learning English and watching um, watching TV was always, was, was how I learned what American culture was and um, how I, it helped me adjust, like listening to music, listening to pop culture in America, right? To help me adjust to becoming American. And fast forward um, to eighth grade, I came here when I was like third grade. So like fast forward like five years later, like eighth grade. And so I'm in Seattle now. I first lived in Cincinnati, like the ghetto. Um, and now I'm in Seattle and like, I'm like around Asian culture for the first time. And I had these two friends who were arguing over this guy in front of like you know how you used to stick papers in front of your binder like this like I'm dating myself um and you know make your own cover and so this girl had made a cover of like this like shirtless Taeyong picture right and I'm like they're arguing they're like this she's like he's ugly I'm like no he's not and they're like Kalechi, break the tie is this guy ugly or not and I was like oh no he's beautiful like who is this man Young from Big Bang. So very similar to Gael, like I kind of got into K-pop, got into Big Bang, um, became a huge TVXQ fan actually first before even becoming a huge Big Bang fan. And I, so I'm watching the variety shows, trying to see, and then I came across, it wasn't, I, it should have been top, right? It should have been T.O.P. that was my first gateway into K-drama, but it wasn't for some random reason. I don't know why. I started watching My Love Patsy, it's like an old drama. I don't know if any of you've seen it. Um, or like Ne Sarang Pachui. I think that's the Korean name. It had like Jung Nara, Kim Ri Won, Kim Jae Won. And um, it, I cannot tell you. I think it was terrible, probably. But I got really obsessed with Kim Jae Won and Kim Ri Won. And I started trying to like watch their drama. So I got immediately hooked on the older actors. And that didn't really, that nothing has changed since then, honestly. But that's kind of how I started. And then I kept watching more than my friends who were also into K-pop. By the time I got into high school, all black girls also hasn't really changed since then. Um, also be like, oh, what are you watching? And I was like, oh, I'm watching Korean drama. They're like, oh, not a variety show? I was like, no, you need to get on my level. And so after that, like they fueled my addiction, I fueled their addiction. And then I also took a break in college because school. Um, but then later half, when I started doing my master's, um, I got my master's in public diplomacy. And part of that, my specific area was in cultural and gastro diplomacy. And so a lot of my work in grad school was actually talking about East Asia um, and cultural diplomacy in like Korea, especially how they used their entertainment. So how K-dramas and K-pop was used as soft power um, initiatives, which I can talk about all day, but that's, um, so basically grad school made me more of a K-drama addict. Okay, so that's super cool. So now I'm just gonna answer a question and then just raise your hand who wants to answer it and then we'll like go from there, okay. Clearly, the thing you guys have in common here is I don't see any Asians on my screen. So 
What is it about K-dramas that you can explain that draws you in your own experience from Ghana, you know, Western, uh, you said, no, you said Ghana too, or West Africa? Uh, you said West Africa, right? Yeah, Nigeria. Nigeria, sorry. And so, and then, and then I know Gael's more US, but still talk about your experience. Just, you know, because I just think people say representation matters. You hear that, right? But when it comes to Korean dramas, I'm not finding that necessarily be the case. So I want to hear anybody who wants to share about what they were, how they relate. Yes, go ahead. Um, let's start with Gael. You know what I mean? I forgot. I was gonna mention after everyone finished. I was gonna say that I was also. I'm also from outside of the U.S. I'm from Haiti originally. I didn't mention that, but yeah. So I grew up watching telenovelas, and they were dubbed. They weren't like Korean shows. They were just like, um, like Venezuelan or like Spanish telenovelas. So like that's something that's like already part of just like, you know, like culturally, just like that's something I was used to doing. Um, but yeah, in that instance, I think that also applies to like why I like started watching K-dramas. It wasn't different for me to watch a show that's like not U.S., right? That's not based in the U.S. It was very normal to me. Like, I don't know. I think I consider myself as like a child of the internet. Like, I just like had so many di different phases, right? And I think although K-drama started as a phase, it's something that like lasted honestly forever, um, so that also kind of adds into like why I like hey dramas. And to your earlier point, I guess representation matter point, I think that um, thing, I think that phrase is mostly about just like, um, I think if you use it in the US context, right? Um, the US is a very like diverse place and it applies there in a sense like, you know, our media is very white, right? We typically, we don't see faces that are diverse, but I think, um, I think, I don't know if that applies for K-dramas because I think it's something that just like, it's a Korean industry, right? And like, it's for um, Asians, it's for Koreans, especially Koreans. So like, I think if you want representation matters, I would always um, argue that maybe you should broaden your scope and look outside of the US to get that representation, honestly, right? Because I think um, we tend to focus on like the US as like, if, you know, if they're not on CNN, they're not anywhere, that's not true. I think, um, you know, like, I think we're, we're global now and like, you could go to Korea and see Koreans, right? I, I definitely think it applies here too and it's important here too, but I think, you know, not seeing yourself on screen in the US that shouldn't stop you. I think you should really just like look outside of the U US, right? That's just, you know, that's what I, you know. Yeah, to add to that point, um, I really agree with Gael, but I think rewinding it back to the, the first half of your question, like what appeals, what about Korean dramas appeals to me as a Nivorian born Nigerian American woman, right? N none of my identities really align with what you would think of an Asian production, right? And that's what we've, I, I wanna attack that as a lie. I think a lot of us in the US and Western dominated culture have been hoodwinked to believe that if we don't see ourselves on screen, um, that that is not a story that uh, 
that is about us, um, especially like because all we've seen are white stories in Western media. And so granted, of course, white stories are very different from POC stories, from Asian Pacific stories. But I think when we turn the narrative to the POC community, right, there's a universal stories of love, of pain, of motherhood, of being a young adult, of pursuing dreams and failing, um, wanting to be known, um, wanting to experience the highs and the lows. Like all of those things are universal, like human stories. And especially being Nigerian, like I know like my culture, what is dominant in my culture, like the respecting of elders, like respecting of your parents, not going into a field that is not being a doctor, lawyer, or engineer, like, like all of those things are like my stories, right? And I see them represented in not just Korean, but in Chinese and Taiwanese and Filipino and Thai and Singapore, all of which are countries of which shows I've watched, right? Um, I see that in my telenovelas. I see that in even watching some shows in um, like, some Western European shows. Like we are been taught to believe that like Western media is the narrative. It's the, you know, the creme de la creme, but, and that every other culture is outside of that. When it's, the truth is every other culture outside of that is really the culture, it's, it's the dominant culture. Like the South, global South, as we call it in academia, um, we have so much more in common with each other than belief, but white supremacists and colonization has made us think that we are further apart to each other um, than we actually are. And I think Korean dramas helped me realize that Korean culture got me interested in political affairs and international relations. And it's the reasons why I studied, why I studied in school. And I, it's my hope and prayer that like, as an artist, as a poet, like as a person who wants to bring people together, as a lover of Korean dramas that other people from who look like me um, also realize that, that our stories are everywhere and that our stories are global too. Okay, amazing, but I almost like I almost teared up because I <laughs> because I relate to you said it so well. Uh, does anybody else want to add to that Carol or Doris? So I just want to just pretty much they said everything, but I think there's a, for me coming from Ghana and growing up and watching these things on TV and have like listening to radio, I'm telling you radio discussions about these shows. It is about, it's a, a bit about, I don't know if I should use the word immigrant culture. Like there's a form, there's an aspect that for whatever reason, Africans, and I'm going to speak specifically for Ghanaians, I think also Nigeria, there's something about the Korean culture that we can relate to. Because a lot of the issues that they're going through, like with the ed education system, like I'm sure uh, Carol and Kelechi can attest, when you come home and you're not first, the first thing your parents are going to ask you is the first thing was, did they have two heads? Like, why did they get first and you didn't get first? You feel me? So it's, <laughs> it's, there's, like <laughs> there's so many things that we can relate to and it touches on what Gael and Kalechi said there's so many aspects there's things that due to white supremacy and other factors we do not we all feel like we're so different but in actuality we have some similarities of course we're not the exact same 
saying, but there's certain things that we have in common that if we put aside the differences, and of course, like, we can't put everything aside, but like, if we kind of just figure out which way we can kind of unify and kind of just enjoy things together, whether entertainment, whether whatever, we can enjoy things together. I think so much, like, there'll be so much, like, everything will be a little bit better, just just much better, just much better. I do agree with Doris. Uh, I especially like the, as she said, having an opportunity to chat about it on the radio and on TV. And one thing that that also brings up is an opportunity for us to talk about our social uh, norms and activities. And when you bring up a topic, let's say either mental health or education or something, we are able to relate it into our culture and say, oh yes, in Ghana, we do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Why do we do this? And we should be doing this instead. So it brings up an opportunity to have dialogue because sometimes, well, in Ghana, we don't necessarily sit down and talk about our feelings and we are quite like the rest where our family or our parents will, um, let's say, scold us in public, praise us in private. And so our emotions and we don't get to talk about those things. And through TV, we're able to have the conversation sometimes. So it's really good. I really like how you said that scold in public, praise in private. That's awesome. So for, well, let's, let's talk about your love for K-dramas. Do you feel like, yeah, you're right. I love how you say you identify more than we think we do, right? And you brought up a great point about some of the narratives we've been taught or we hear. So then have you ever felt like you had to defend your love for K-dramas to a fellow Asian? Just curious. Yes. Oh, I was gonna, I forgot to raise my hand. You know, it's always surprising to me when uh, a lot of times like Korean Americans come into the clubhouse and just like, what do you like about K-dramas? Like I grew up with it. So like, it's you know a normal part of my life, but you, you're not Korean. And I'm just like, it, it like, I kind of want to, um, I think about it in the sense, like, we're like expected to understand narratives, like white narratives. And the fact that like, people think that, you know, you know, non-white narratives, then they see me like a reason why, right? And I think it's just like, you know, with a little cult cultural context, I don't see why you couldn't, you know, watch K-dramas. I don't know. I'm always like perplexed. It's like, why did it, like, I'm just like, it's media, you know, it's entertaining, you know, the stories are good. It's only 16 to 20 episodes. Like what's that to like? Um, it's sub too. So clearly there's a market for it. Um, so <laughs> I'm always like interested to know why people ask that question, but I'm just saying like, we're expected to understand any Marvel movie that comes out. No one thinks about like, do you understand the American context of it being, you know, in New York? And that, like, I think like we're, we're taught that that's like the norm. I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like with the little, you know, reading about history, even without that, I think K-Dom was like, I can understand to like the emotion that they're trying to, you know, showcase. I don't know. That's just, yeah. But anyone else? No. I just wanted to quickly add to that. I think it, it, it's kind of sad. It makes it usually when I get that question, like why, like depending on how it's asked, I get really excited to talk about it, right? Because I have all these like contacts, and I can talk about my history, can talk about my love and my passion for storytelling. But I think 
there has been some times where it's been very accusatory like well like why like how dare you be into korean dramas from from a lot of different cultures actually like um i've had my black friends ask me why i've had my korean friends ask me why and i think a lot of it comes from like cultural fear right that it's like oh you're are you trying to take something that's mine um are you trying to like, do you understand what is ours? And I think like, and, and I get where that, that comes from, right? Because I think as, as me as a Black woman, like when I see someone take something from Black culture or showcase something from Black culture, my, my first instinct is to be weary. My first instinct is to fear because it 9.9999 times out of 10, it is, it is not working. Um, so I get it. And, and we've seen the results of, we've seen, we've seen, we've seen Hollywood take aspects of Asian culture and bastardize it, right? Um, so I think for me, it's like, I've seen, I, I see it as a fear. Like I see it as a, like a gut instinct reaction as saying like, what are you doing with something that I hold dear? What are you doing with something that's about my people? Like, how are you treating it? Um, and that's like, that's kind of what I read into it. And like, I always respond with like, I take great care. And I, I think I, even if someone casually watched K-dramas and didn't like go into the spiral that a lot of us addicts have, where we like learn about the culture or start learning the language, um, all of those things, like even if you're a casual watcher, I think like rebranding it as like, I'm celebrating, I'm enjoying you have something great that the world loves and that's something to celebrate. And unfortunately, like white media has made us fear that. Um, but I think, yeah, but I think like part of Korean drama is like part of the Hallyu wave, like continuing to grow is really getting to a point where you're like, you're accepting that there's gonna be people on that spectrum who are gonna watch it and appropriate it or, make it more or less than it is and then there's others who are really gonna love it and appreciate like I believe that we do and truly take care with the culture and the language and some of the historical and like context that is going on um yeah like that's that's kind of what I have to say about that so yeah I have I I have been attacked about my love for a k-drama a lot very much I have beef with a lot of people I don't fight with some of them okay but um I, I I reached a point where I stopped defending it because I like Gael and Kelechi, I always used to ask, okay, you don't if I tell you I'm into Marvel, like she, you don't bat an eye. You do not ask me, oh, um, why do you like this or XYZ? Or I don't live in the UK, but if I tell you I'm watching Shameless, the UK version, you do not ask me, oh, why are you watching that? Like, what's the reason? Nobody ever asked me that. But I say I like Korean drama, all of a sudden you're upset. But like, and I, I stopped trying to defend. I stopped trying to be like, oh, but I watch Nollywood. I watch Gollywood. I watch, you know, J-dramas. I stopped because I decided that I do not need to defend. The culture is amazing. They put out great content, great, great content, content that a lot of people from my community relate to. It's okay. It's okay to like something. And in no way do I, to the best of my knowledge, I don't appropriate anything in there. I just enjoy the show, chat up Kiki about it with my friends. And we watch another show, you know, we do not try from what I've watched a lot of 
people from my community. And again, we're not a monolith, so I'm not speaking for everybody. But what I know is we just love the show, we enjoy it, and we keep it pushing. We just leave it alone. But I, again, with Kalechi's point, I think a lot of people, when I get the question from Koreans, I understand where the question is coming from because, again, we, they like, we have a fear of how people will handle the things that we hold dear to us or the things that represent us. We have a fear of how other people, especially, and this is shade to white people, especially how white media handles our, you know, our culture. It, we've seen it all the time. Recently, it just came out, Train to Busan is coming out, the remake. And a lot of people were like, first of all, America, there's no speed rail. What are you doing? Like, what are you going to do? Train to Boston? It's not happening. What are you doing? No, but like, I'm not going to watch it. I don't, I, it's not everyday remake, you know, sometimes leave things as it is. It's perfectly fine in the medium it's presented in. It's okay. Subtitles won't hurt you, you know? So, um, I stopped defending. I stopped. Um, it's a great, they're great form of entertainment. I can just, you know, come home from work watch a couple episodes, get on Clubhouse, call Gael and be like, you know what? I am mad about this character. Let's talk about why I need to meet them outside and swear up, you know? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's fun and I leave it at that. I just enjoy it and I leave it at that. But again, I understand where that fear is coming from. We hold a lot, we've seen what happens, they've seen what happens to other cultures who all of a sudden the West has interest in. We've seen what happens, it's diluted, it's bastardized. So yeah, that's all I have to add. <laughs> Uh, for me, yeah, for me, I do not talk about it at all. I went through phases of really sharing that I loved it to having responses like, oh, do you have yellow fever? Is that why? Um, do you, you're disrespecting it? You don't really belong. You want to be a Korea boo and things like that. And that really... I understood where it was coming from, to be fair, um, but that also made me close up my passion and only my close friends and family know about it. And so for me, I'm watching Korean drama seven days a week, and it has been like that for at least since 2007. And to not be able to speak about it is very it's very hurtful because it's, it's a part of me, it's a part of my daily um, experience. And then when I found Clubhouse, I was listening in, I've been, um, first I was listening in and trying to contribute from time to time, but my passion, I felt like my passion had gone beyond just enjoying it to I was bringing it in my schoolwork, doing projects on the effects of K-drama on tourism. I have a tourism degree. Um, so the effects of K-drama on tourism, where it could go, what product placement um, means in a society at large and how, and the effect of it on, you know, profits and the bottom line. So I've really done a lot of research in that aspect and in trying to separate myself from being seen as a career boo, I decided not to talk about it at all. So when I got to Clubhouse and I saw these ladies and they were sharing, I was like, okay, this is home. This is where I can be myself. This is where I can talk about all my passions and sort of bring my whole self to a conversation. So very grateful, Gael. Um, and yeah, 
now it's it's I'm happy to be out. Thanks for joining us on the Nunas Nunchi podcast. You can listen in on platforms such as Spotify, Pandora, Google, and Apple, but also watch the podcast on our Nunas Nunchi YouTube channel every Monday where it launches at 6 p.m. Eastern.